Welcome to Arena Athletes, your home for MTG Arena Strategy. Step inside the digital arena with Travis Sowers and David Seville. Brought to you by Face to Face Games. You're listening to Arena Athletes number 116, the feel-good hit of the summer. My name is David Smell. I have Travis Sowers on the line with me again this week. How are you, sir? I am fantastic, David. How are you? I'm good. I had my sponsored stream last week. It was awesome. Thanks for coming out and hanging out. That was a ton of fun, even though you train wrecked a couple of my games. I really did, is the funny part. Like, I, for those that didn't get to check this out, so Dave, I started the stream with Dave, and I suggested plays that made sense but got blown out. And then I had to leave for a meeting, and then Dave won games, and then I came back and again suggested plays that made sense and got absolutely blown out all over again. So it's like the curse of Travis. It really was. We were we went one and two and two and two together, I think, and then I went four and one by myself, five and one by myself, mm-hmm. because I, I started a draft without you, and then he came and hopped in after that. Yeah, it was it was brutal. The highlight of the day, though, I think for sure was we played a turn one law rune enforcer on the draw and then turn two our opponent didn't do anything and they had green and white open and i i'm like we don't attack here right and you insisted that we did and i insisted that they had divine arrow and uh travis drumroll please what did they have on turn two that we attacked into they had a divine arrow that was going to get you at some point anyway you make them have it every freaking time I, I argue that, and I and and I didn't have, I didn't really want to do it on stream. But my decision on that one is that if we lose that law rune enforcer to divine arrow, uh, if we don't attack and they don't have it, we're out one point of damage, right? That law rune enforcer would have made up more than one point of damage throughout the rest of the game had it been alive, because our opponent played like three drop, four drop, so they wouldn't have had divine arrow up on those two turns. So my take was that, yes, it would have got us, but it probably would have eaten our 2-2 instead of our Law Rune Enforcer. And my, and I was right and you were wrong. Nah. That, that's, that's my take, is that I was right and you were wrong. I mean, it was your stream. And honestly, I'd been, <laughs> I'd been drafting and playing pretty rough uh, and just got that sorted out today. Like, I had a couple days of just bad drafts, and I was blaming it on everything but myself. And then finally was like, no, nah, dude, maybe it's you. Maybe it's you. And uh, I, I'm feeling a little better after today. That's good. Yeah, you put together a few wins today. But no, it was fun having you on stream. And it was like, it was a record-setting stream for myself. We gave away a bunch of packs, thanks to Wizards. Um, it, it was it was a good time. It was fun. I would do that again for sure. Um, I imagine that there are a lot of people in line in front of me for a second second try of that one, though. So we'll have to see how that goes in the next couple of years, maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Like, if if I get another one, you're certainly invited to come hang out. I think we did that the last time I had one. I don't remember if we did or not. Either way, it was a ton of fun. Thanks again to Wizards. And uh, who knows? Maybe there's uh, more streams like that for me in the future. We'll have to see. So uh, you said you had a bit of a down week. Do you want to talk about that at all? You want to get it off your chest? Like, uh, like what's going on there? Yeah, it it actually um, led to the podcast topic for today. So I, I think this is kind of a good segue into that. So I spent mon- Monday, 
was okay, but not great. I, I lost a lot. And then Tuesday, I lost a lot. I was feeling pressure as a streamer to achieve Mythic and Limited. I didn't bother doing it last season because I was like, I've got three, you know, three months to do it. I just need to do it one of those months. And I didn't quite appreciate how far back you fall if you just don't play ranked for a month. I just played best of three. So I, I had some bad runs at draft and I started to kind of question my ability to play. And it, it was really frustrating because I positioned myself as an expert on draft and usually win a lot. And I referenced 500 times that I'd had an 83% win rate in best of three, but now in best of one, I don't. It must be best of one. It certainly can't be me. Uh, but I think I was kind of looking at the progression to Mythic as a race that I needed to necessarily do it quickly. And I lost the ability to kind of catch the fun along the way, uh, as well as just like sit back and enjoy the magic. So I, I started the stream off today by inviting uh, Isorok, Tomy, to come and do a draft with me. And it was the jankiest five color pile I've ever seen and one of the easiest seven wins I've ever had. Like, we're we're into pack two about halfway through. We're pretty solidly not black, but everything else. And we get past to command the dread horde. And I'm like, well, it's a shame we can't take that. He said, what do you mean we can't take that? <laughs> of course we can take that. Uh, and like got to live the dream of having the wanderer in play, command the dread horde, literally everything out of both graveyards. It was stupid. Like splashing for Chandra, splashing for command the dread horde. It was a blast and it was fun magic with a friend. And that, that kind of led me to the the topic for today, which was feel good magic stories. I feel like there's a lot of negativity and, and maybe it's just who I follow on Twitter, but it seems like there's a lot of people on Twitter and that pop in the streams that just have something negative to say either about, you know, this person that's playing magic, their experience with magic, this set, this standard legacies ruined forever. You know, there's a lot of complaints out there. And I thought, what if we just did a whole episode and talked about good, wholesome, cool things that happened to you and me personally through the course of playing magic and kind of spread some positivity out there. I mean, I like it. We talked about slump busting in a in an episode long ago, if I remember correctly, about how to get out of a magic slump, mm -hmm. a funk, a losing streak of some kind. And, you know, one of them is to just kind of hit, hit the reset button and, and remember why you play, right? Like, yep. sure, sure, we play to win, but, like, the whole point of this game, of games in general, is to have fun and have a good experience. If you're not having a good experience, like, what are you doing with your life? Um don't don't misinterpret that to say like you know winning and losing doesn't matter because obviously if that's fun to you then that should matter and and i enjoy playing games for the challenge for the competition and and to win but like one of the things i learned about board games is that it's a lot more fun when when yes i'm playing to win and or playing not to lose and i can tell a fun story along the way about my experience you know terraforming mars or my experience exploring the dank dungeons of some board game cave and hero know, quest dude dude man i have hero quest stories i will tell you one day i i have the original og copy on my shelf behind me i can see I'm it. pointing at it right now um and it's just like you know you can play to win but then don't forget why you're playing and i think this is a good opportunity for us like it's not going to be strategy but i think what you can take away from this conversation is just you know if you ever find yourself in that funk just center yourself you know, find a reason to keep playing um, that's not winning 
And those wins will come once you kind of get your your head in that space. So I'm on board for this one. I'm sure you got a ton of fun stories. I'm sure I can think back to my youth and come up with some stories about when I first started playing Magic. So I say let's do it. Let's do it. And let's also do that slump buster comment, just in case anybody doesn't want to go back and dig that out. The other thing that I did to bust that was get a second pair of eyes on it. Because Tommy's view of the format is vastly different from mine. And like forcing myself to draft his way and play his way... Um, he was also vastly more patient than I was. Um, you know, like, well, I've got a removal spell. I, I can get rid of this. I probably want to do it. He's like, ah, it's going to deal three points of damage and then be shut down. Who cares? It's fine. Save your removal. And like that stuff I knew, but I think I'd gotten a little sloppy. So if, if you're in a slump, get another set of eyes on it. Call a buddy, Skype him in for a draft. Um, like you're playing arena. Like it's pretty easy to share your screen and, and do that on Google chat. So yeah, w- with that said, uh, do, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? You go first. Okay. So I can't start the list of good things that have happened to me through playing Magic without starting with that's how I met my wife. She watched the stream. Like, I knew who she was. She knew who I was. Obviously, she's watching the stream. I went to a GP and met her there. And, like, it, it didn't blossom into a full romance immediately, but it did over time as we started talking. And, like, that's obviously the best thing that's I would say has ever happened to me. She's very good for me. And, like, I'm living the best life I have ever lived, and I credit 100% of that to her. And I would not have met her if I did not play this game. That is an absolutely heartwarming story. Now, I'll, I'll actually can... I'll actually tell the whole story because this this is okay. she she likes to share this. So th- the first time we met, she introduced herself and I shook her hand, and then later I saw her during the event and she came over to say hi and I shook her hand again and she thought that um, I didn't remember who she was, but it was actually <laughs> that I thought she was cute and wanted an excuse to shake her hand again. So that's why I did it again. I'm, I'm kind of a dork and awkward. Um, but like that happened through this game and like that, that that's, that's the biggest thing ever for me, man. If you do, if you do nothing else with magic, like you've already won, I'm winning at life. Kind of already won the game. Yeah. You've already won at life. So, I don't know if this, I mean, this is a, this is a feel good story, but this is more of an origin story on how I started playing magic. And it's kind of, obviously it's my earliest memory of the game, but um, it, it takes me back to a time when I was exploring games and every game that we played was a new world, you know, Dungeons and Dragons was this amazing world. Hero Quest was this amazing board game that was this world and everything was new. And I remember getting a call from my buddy uh, he lived across the back alley from us, and I was going through some some rough times. My parents had just got divorced. We had moved to the city. You know, we were we were actually quite poor. Um, I don't really tell this story a lot, but we were, you know, we were living in assisted living housing. Like, government was paying for part of our rent, and my mom didn't have a job at the time, and it was really a struggle to get back on our feet. And uh, and my buddy, I we just happened to move across the back alley from one of my best friends in school. It was it was it was awesome. He had video games at his house he had board games at his house we did all sorts of stuff together and all revolved around games and uh we he called me up one day and he's like hey i got this cool game it's called magic you want to come over and play and what he had gotten was this two-player battle box or, or whatever where you did it was like there was two decks inside and it had like 
a bunch of a bag of gems for life counters. I remember and this box set. It, it was it was like this brown box. It looked like a magic deck, and, yeah. and it had like rules inside. And it was like I don't remember what it like fifth edition or something like that. I, I just remember going like dark ritual into. I think it was called Howl from Beyond, which was like plus X plus zero, where X <laughs> yes, is the that's amount the card. of money you spent. Uh-huh. So I was like, I was like lava bolting or like uh, lightning striking my opponent's face with dark rituals. And I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. This game is amazing. And, um, you know, we weren't good. And these are the only cards that we had. But it, it opened up this world of like this style of game to us. And we ended up playing all sorts of tight. Like there was a wrestling card game we used to play. And, you know, there were... Um, there was like a Star Trek card game we played, but we always kind of came back to magic and we, all we had were these cards and my grandparents lived in another city. And I remember for my birthday asking, they're like, what do you want for your birthday? And I'm like, can you like find these cards for me? Like I did, we don't have them around here. I don't know where to get them. You know, can you find them for me? And I got shipped two starter decks from Tempest block. And those are my first two decks of magic. And I carried them with me like forever my favorite card to this day is Verdant Force because Verdant Force was the rare in one of those decks. It was like a green, green, black token deck or something like that. Um, and I remember sitting down with all of my friends who had started playing Magic and they held these jank decks. And I came down with this like finely tuned 60 card deck that was an actual starter deck and absolutely rolled face. And that was the day that I wasn't allowed to play with Verdant Force anymore. And and that was just that was just our thing, right? And I just it's 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 an origin story and it's not really like a, like there's no moral or anything to it, but it was just like thinking back of how we used to play. And it was just open up a box and grab a deck and let's go. Like who cares who wins, who cares who loses. We made up the rules as we went, I'm sure. Um, and never played competitive magic until like I got to university. So like my origin story is like four or five years of, you know, who cares who wins. I'm going to use these cool gems to count my life total and I'm gonna I'm gonna dark ritual your face for three and you know two for one myself to get those extra points of damage through and great you're at fourteen let's go next turn yeah yeah when stream yeah. of life was an amazing magic card so 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 that's my like origin story and when people always ask me like how did you start magic it's like well you know I started playing like fifteen twenty years ago or whatever it was but I didn't really start taking seriously until I started playing like six or seven years ago again so to think about, you know, how far I've come in just that time, it's 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 kind of cool. And, you know, met a lot of good people along the way. What can I say? I wish I could go back to those days and say to my friend, it's like, man, like, can we just play one more time? Because I haven't seen my buddy in, like, 20 years and maybe a little less than that. But, I mean, I'd give anything to go back and play another game of Magic with them. Yeah, yeah. The David Seville origin story. There you go. And give me a Planeswalker. All right, I'm going to take you on a very different path to a very different time and place and tell you about one of the most bizarre magic experiences I've ever had, but also certainly one of the best. So for a long time, I did videos for manadeprived.com, which has since transitioned into fossafoss.com. Another gentleman that did those videos was Brian Lou, Flaming Sheep, used to do videos quite often there, and of course KYT ran the show. And there was a team GP in Portland and kind of, again, on a lark, like KYT, we'd done well in Providence. He was like, you want to go again? I was like, sure. He's like, who should we bring? It's like, let's, let's bring Brian. I like Brian. You like Brian. He does videos. Let's go. So we went and like, we did pretty well in the main event. I, I think we went X and three and it was a bit of a heartbreak because the last two losses were the last two rounds. 
Like we, we lost two consecutive win and ends to get to the next day, but we did what we could with our decks. We had a good time. And afterwards, there was a sister podcast on Mana Deprived at the time. Have you ever heard of the podcast Heavy Meta? I have, actually. You have. Okay. Have you ever listened to it? I haven't. It It is a, a lovely, enjoyable trip, if, if that's your jam. But KYT was like, you know, the Heavy Meta guys said they rented a house... And TSG, Tristan Strong Gregson is going to be there. And I'm a huge TSG fan. I, I loved his videos way back in the day when he used to do them and enjoyed his content. He's like, all of the other people from the A-team, a lot of them are going to be there. Like, we should go over and check this out and see what's going on. And I'm like, okay, let's do that tomorrow. That sounds great. So we, we roll up at 10 o'clock in the morning. And there's this house that looks like grandma's house with like, you know, pretty little curtains it's painted pastel colors. There's nice hedges in front. And I'm like, this is this is interesting. Um, as we're walking in, I notice that there's actually someone passed out in one of those beautiful hedges holding a liquor bottle at 10 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Um, so th- that was kind of my greeting for that. We walked in. Um, there were all manner of activities being enjoyed in the, at, at the time, but someone immediately handed me and Brian and KYT a beer. There's people in there grilling, they're cooking, they're smoking, they're playing magic. Like there was a cube being drafted over in the corner and that house was just full of people. There were so many people there. And I like, it was actually a little bit much for me. And I was a little like kind of taken aback for a moment and Brian looked a little panicked too. He's a little bit reserved like me. And then all of a sudden TSG shows up and I'm a huge fan of TSG. And he's like, gentlemen, you're at the kid's house. There is an adult house at the adult house. We draft my cube and we drink whiskey. Would you like to go to the adult (laughs) house? It's like, do I want to go draft TSG's cube with TSG? Yes. I want to do that. So we went over with KYT and Brian and a couple of other folks um, and sat down and started drafting. And before I knew it, the entire day had passed away and we're still there, you know, eating good food, drinking whiskey, playing cube. And at a certain point, I realized it's gotten dark. And at one of the windows, some people from the kid's house are kind of tapping on the window and TSG just walks and draws the curtains and says, no children allowed. And we finished the cube and I had an absolute blast and it, like I never for a minute missed that I I made day didn't make day two. I just had an absolute blast playing magic with friends. We drafted his cube face up packs. Like it was pretty intense and just just good things happened. It, that is an experience I will never forget. Man, I wish I don't think I have any good cube stories. Now that I think about it, I don't think actually. You know what? I do have a good cube story. No, we didn't draft cube, actually. Now that I think about it, they had a cube and we didn't draft it. But one of my favorite, like, Motley Crew gathering of, of people playing Magic was um, when I was... I didn't really know anybody that played Magic. None of my friends still played Magic here in the city. So I was kind of looking for, for a group. And I casually posted on a message board that I frequent unrelated to Magic in the nerd section. I'm like, hey, I play Magic. You know, does anybody else play Magic? And I got a message from this guy that I'd never met. He's like, yeah, we like draft sometimes. Like, you want to come over and hang out and draft? And it was like, it was the weirdest group of nerds I think I've ever met. But like, there was like this giant beast of an undercover cop. Myself, this like skinny, tall nerd. Um, You know, a a balding middle-aged guy who was a soccer player 
like a university professor and then his son for some reason. And it was like this, this weird mix of like the six of us that none of us had ever really met. I guess they were kind of friends, but like, I'd never met them. And it was like this, I'm like, am I really going to fit in here? And like, I was certainly questioning, especially with this big burly guy, this undercover cop guy, like super tattooed. And I'm like, man, like, you're not going to beat me up if I win this game of magic. Are you like totally stereotypical? Like, you know, steal my lunch money kind of guy. And then you sit down and once you're all speaking the language of magic, it like, it doesn't matter yeah where you where you came from or what you do for a living it's like i'm gonna i'm gonna beat you in this game and you're gonna respect me or vice versa and so we drafted i want to say it was like theros block maybe we drafted and uh, you know obviously like i was I'm, i'm okay at magic and and i was pretty good i think compared to those guys so i think i got a little bit of respect with my with my drafting skills but like it was just super cool to sit down with this completely unknown group of people and then thinking about it, it's like that's what you do in an LGS every single time you go. Mm-hmm. And I know you, I know you don't like paper magic, but it's like that's one of my favorite things about going to an LGS is like I'm going to sit down, I'm going to play against seven other people, we're all going to speak the same language for three hours and shake each other's hands at the end and say good game. You know, hopefully I'll see you next time. I think of all like the random one-off friends or acquaintances that I've made through Magic, and there's there's kind of a lot of them, and not even just on the internet, just like. In general, I can go into an LGS and know, like, 10 or 15 people there. And it's like, hey, it's that guy that used to play Magic here. How come you don't come out anymore? And it's, it's like, you want to draft? <laughs> like, let's, let's, let's find a cube and let's do it right now. And I think that's super cool because, you know, people like me don't often go out and make friends. And, you know, this is a really easy way for me to go out and meet, and meet people. In fact, I'm looking forward to, like, Vegas and seeing all these people that I talk to on the internet and say, like, hey, like, I know this guy. I know that girl. I've never played against you and I've never seen you in person, but here we are, let's draft. And I think that's really cool that we can all be on the same level from all walks of life, unless you're playing vintage, I guess. And that just, that's a whole other beast right there. Absolutely. So that's, 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 that's the good, my good thing. And I miss those guys. I should go back. I think one of them might listen to the podcast. Hopefully it's not the guy that's the undercover cop. Yeah. You're in trouble now. He's going to take your lunch money. <laughs> You know, when I think about it, I have made a lot of friends playing this game. I consider you to be a a, a close friend. Uh, Obviously, Martin, I consider to be a close friend and Brian. And those are all people that I met through Magic. So like the friends is just a big enough reason to to be invested in this game. I've, I've got two stories that are related in that they involved a kid. And I've told the first one on stream a, a couple times, but I think it's probably worth telling again. I was at a paper PTQ back in the days when they did these at LGSs and they had one at Atomic Comics in Durham, which was relatively close to where my parents lived. So it's like, you know what? I'll just wrap this together. I'll go scrub out of the PTQ and then I'll go hang out that day with my parents, spend the night and hang out with them some the next day and go home. The only problem was I top aided the PTQ. So it's like, oh, this is pretty cool. And I'm waiting in line for the draft to start. Spoiler alert, I didn't make it. Uh, Whip of Erebos is a hell of a card. But I'm waiting for this to start. And this, this, and I'd still done some of the videos for Mana Deprived, but I was really just getting started in it. Um, and this kid walks up to me and he's like, Travis. It's like, yes. I never expected anybody to recognize me. He said, I thought so. I recognized your voice. My dad and I really like watching your draft videos on Mana Deprived. He said, I I just wanted to say hello. I was like, that was the first time anybody ever recognized me out in the world. I suppose still in in an LGS for what I did. 
And that was also the moment where I decided that I wanted to keep the content that I produce G-rated because those of you that listen to the mic checks that we record will know that I sometimes use colorful metaphors to make my point when I'm talking in my private life. Uh, and especially when I'm trying to communicate with David, who can sometimes need one of those to, to help add some emphasis to a point. Um, and I'd done that in the videos. And that's where I'm like, there's there's this kid watching this video with his dad. And there's somewhere there's a daughter watching this with her mom or whatever. And like, I want my content to be okay for them to watch. And that's carried over into the stream. I, I don't see a lot of people that do that in the stream, but that's actually the reason why is like my early streams, you would hear me cursing a little bit. And these days I'm just like, you know what? I, I don't have to do that. I can leave it off. So I think about twice a year, I'll screw up and drop one. And, you know, chat is bewildered, um, which I think is a good thing. And then the second one, uh, I, I was reminded of this when we were talking about the slump. One of my biggest slumps was when I was going to these GPs. I'm going back and forth to these GPs all the time going to these GPs. And for one of them, I drove from Wilmington, North Carolina to Pittsburgh, uh, which is a pretty hefty drive. It was about 12 hours. I It was gate crash, sealed. Registers up, got my pool, built my Boros deck, because that's what you did. And I had practiced. Let me tell you what. I'd recorded like six sealed videos for Mana Deprived. I'd been working on several on my own. I knew this format backwards and forwards. You build your Boros deck and you go. I lost the first two rounds immediately. And it's like, what the heck am I doing? And I, I dropped and I picked up my stuff. And my intention was literally to go get in the car, drive home, and stop playing competitive magic. I'm like, this is just a waste of time. I don't know what I'm doing. And on the way out, it, again, it's a little kid. It wasn't the same kid, but it's a kid. He's maybe, I don't know, 10. Stops me and says, hey, I really like your content. And I said, I'm Travis Sowers, because I assumed he thought I was someone else. And he said, yeah, I know. I see your videos on Mana Deprived, and I've watched you stream. It's really cool. And, like, that was all I needed. I turned right around and walked up to the side events desk, scheduled a draft, played some draft, like, had a good time, was friendly with the people there, and had a blast, and went home happy. Like, I, I, I think that kid is responsible for me to continuing to play competitive magic uh so if you're listening kid thank you <laughs> reminded like one of those movies from the 80s or something like that where this the kid in the crowd get, you know says something or che does something to encourage the hero to go through with the sporting event or whatever i don't know i'm sure there's some kind of feel-good movie out there i like this analogy because i'm a hero yeah there you go maybe there's one in rocky or something like that where somebody's yelling at him from the crowd yeah um I got I got a, another one. This one's like a, a pretty short one, but I think it it kind of just goes to the show the the power that you can have, um, especially when it comes to the kids that are coming into the game. So, um, you're familiar with the movie Children of Men, right? You, you've you've seen that movie? I don't think so. Okay, so the premise in Children of Men is that uh, nobody can have children anymore, so there are no young people anymore. Okay, and and you, and you think about that, and, and you think about that in, in the context of magic is that if we don't bring new people into the game and encourage them to play the game, eventually all the people playing the game will leave the game or die, and the game won't won't exist anymore, right? And that would be really sad because yeah. I think the game can go on for a, for a long time here. So one of the things that I like to do is when I'm drafting or when I'm at a pre-release or or at my LGS or whatever is like you know 
if there's any new kids, new people, kids specifically that are near me, you know, I'll be like, hey, you know, I'm done building my deck. You know, is there anything, do you have any questions? Is there anything like, you know, do you need any help with your deck or anything like that? Especially if I know that they're new, right? And and I go enough to these things that I know who's new and who's not. Um, and most of the time they're like, yeah, you know, I'm fine. I'm here with my dad or whatever, right? I'll try not to in- interfere with those people. But like, you know, every once in a while you get somebody that's like a, like a, a 10 or 11 or 12 year old or whatever that's like, I don't know what I'm doing. How do I build my deck? I've got 24 lands over here and I've got all of my cards in a pile over here and I'm just going to start shuffling them all together. It's like, okay, okay, whoa, 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 okay. Like, you know, let's let's talk about this a little bit. Let's I'll give you a couple of just super high level pointers. You know, you want 16 creatures and seven spells and, you know, 17 lands, whatever, right? And also, you know, every once in a while, it's like, hey, at the end of the event, I've got all these extra cards that I don't want. I'm going to just do you want them, right? If you're new to magic, would you use them? And if the answer is yes, it's like, here you go. Have some commons and uncommons, maybe have some bulk rares or something like that. Cards that I'm not going to use. And, you know, quite frequently, like, I know there's a lot of people that do that, but I saw the impact of this where I remember going to a draft and this kid was brand new. We did the draft. We helped him learn how to draft, helped him build his deck, gave him some cards at the end. And then he came back the next week and brought two of his friends. (laughs) And so we did the same thing. It's like, now we have two draft pods because we just went over the cusp of two draft pods. And it's like, okay, let's teach these new kids how to draft and how to play. And it was, you know, it can be frustrating playing against new players, but it's like, we all knew that what we were doing is we we're going to build, you know, maybe the basis of a community. And then I didn't go back to that LGS for a while, but you know, those kids seemed like they had fun. They all got new cards. They got some prizes, some prize packs at the end of the night. I went 3-0 and who cares, right? That's, that's, that's fine. And then I didn't go back to that LGS for a while. We moved, you know, I got really busy. And then I just went back one month, like maybe like nine months later, maybe a year later or something like that. And I go in there and what do I see? Those same three damn kids now playing with a bunch more other kids their age. And it looked like they even had their own draft going to the side. I didn't say long enough to figure it out. But like, obviously these people, these kids had taken up the role of teaching the new players and bringing new players into the game. And it only took them a year to do it. And it's like thinking back and it's like, I could have been like, yeah, kid, like, I don't want to talk to you. Like you're not worth my time. And if nobody had taken that up and said, you know, Hey, this is how you draft. Why don't you come sit with us and play? They probably wouldn't have been playing magic a year later with seven of their buddies or seven of, you know, kids that are their age or younger or whatever. Right. And I thought that was really cool. And I'm like, Oh man, like, I don't think I was solely responsible for that, but I maybe influenced that a little bit. I maybe pushed that that in that direction, and I thought that was really cool. And, you know, since then, it's like, if I see somebody that I think needs help, or I see somebody that's, like, new, obviously, and it's like, hey, do you want some cards? Or, you know, we're drafting. Do you know how to draft? Do you want to come join us? And it's kind of just being inclusive of anybody that may be interested in the game. And I think, I think we take for granted that, like, you know we think that everybody in the game is, is experienced and, and should know what they're doing and should be a good player. But it's like, there's a whole wide variety of skills in this game and you can't get to be good without being bad or new first. And I think you have to encourage those people to enjoy the hobby and then they will, you know, evolve into these better players. So if you want to cultivate a good game group in which you can have competitive drafts and cubes and things like that, well, a lot of those players, you know, can start from nothing and you can kind of teach them and and help them grow. And I think that's really cool. So, you know, thinking back, I I also wonder what happened to those kids. Those, that was a couple of years ago, actually. That was probably, I want to say, what was the block after Theros? Khan's block? Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, I think it would have been Khan's block that this was happening in. Um, so curious. I mean, that's many years ago now. If they're still playing, and if they are, like, are they good drafters now? <laughs> they're probably they on learn. the Mythic Championships now. I mean, they might be, right? So so I remember back, and that was really cool, and, and I wish that I had more opportunity to do that. Um, I don't play a lot of Paper Magic these days, but um, that is something that I do miss. That's kind of what you're doing when you're streaming, isn't it? It kind of feels like it, but I feel like all the people that watch, at least me, because I'm, I'm small, are the people that already know how to play. Um, so it, it's more like I'm hanging out with my friends, but you certainly have that opportunity, I think, right? Especially with the new players coming into Arena. Yeah, I so, think, I think... some of them will find me or find me through the podcast, and that's a really good feeling to have people that come in and are like, so I've never drafted, how do I do that? And I always still point them to draft 101 as a starting point, but then once they've got those basics down, we can talk about it. It's not uncommon for people to come on the stream and be like, hey, here's my draft deck, or I saved this file of my draft. Can you walk through it? And I'm happy to do that. Mm-hmm. So, What else you got? You got any more kid stories? I don't think <laughs> I have any more kid stories written down, although I, I did want to say that a feel-good moment for me was um and this is relatively recent and we've talked about it on the stream the stream the podcast and the stream before but being able to cast the fandom legends events like the way that i got that gig was ethan had been trying to get himself into casting and they they accepted him because he's awesome and obviously really good at this and they needed someone to co-host but didn't have anybody on their roster that was available and ethan recommended me so, like, I emailed in uh, to the fandom events to see if I could join and play them. And they responded with, would you like to cast them? Um, and I was like, why do they think that I would want to do this? And I was kind of like, I've never really done anything like this before, dot, dot, dot. And then I get the reply back on Discord. Well, this Lord Tupperware guy is going to be casting one next week. And he said you would be a good match. And I was like... Yeah, I'll try this with Ethan. And then it, it it's just blown up for me. Like, it's a blast. I actually look forward to it every week. Uh, it's good to get to hang out with Ethan, who's a, a, I would consider a friend, uh, a friend of the podcast, a friend of the stream. We've done the set reviews together. He's been on our show a couple times. We've both been on his show a couple times. Like, that has just been a, a huge feel-good moment for me. And it all started with him deciding to recommend me for that. Uh, so it was just a matter of like, the stars kind of aligned and Ethan certainly did me a solid. So if I get to bump into him, I'm absolutely buying him a, a beverage of his choice. Anything from, from coffee to wine, whatever you drink, Ethan, this one's on me. <laughs> it's kind of crazy how many good people I've met playing magic too, right? Like you think of all of the like jerks and, and mean people in the world and things like that. And I mean, maybe it's just the, the type of people that I cultivate around me, but like most of the people I play magic with are, are good people. Um, and the people that aren't, I don't really associate with anymore. So I think that's fine, but it's, it's, I don't know. Is it, is it just cognitive bias? Like, am I just only seeing the good people or, you know, when I go to an LGS and sit down and like everybody there, is that common? Do you think? Because I've met a ton of good people at LGSs and online, especially too. Like maybe it's just a function of the community that, that you build because I hang out in your community so much, but like, I don't know a ton of jerks in magic. And and I've met a lot of really good people that I would regard as, like, good friends, at least internet friends. Um, and my magic friends are also reasonable friends, only because I don't see them that often. You know, I, th this is something that I do intentionally within my stream. I would be willing to bet 
that for a streamer my size, I have vastly more banned people in chat than other streamers of of a similar size. Like I just I just don't allow that here. Like when they were putting together um the the basics for how to start streaming MTG Arena, they asked various streamers for quotes to be put in there and things that they thought new streamers might want to know. And the one for me was ban trolls. If there's one viewer in your chat and they're a troll, ban them right now. Otherwise your chat is just gonna be five hundred trolls in a year. Like I, I elected to, I'd rather go slowly and have people that are willing to be nice to each other. And I'll, I'll warn people, like I had somebody today that came in and said, your opponent's playing like an idiot. And I was like, they didn't really sign up for this. And like, what we're here to do in chat isn't to criticize my opponent's play. You can criticize mine unless I'm grumpy, but regardless of what you're doing, you need to be nice about it and like have respect for each other as human beings and not just randomly trash talk people in chat. Uh, so I, th- I think that that's something you have to cultivate. I don't think your average magic player is any nicer than your average person, uh, but I think everybody has the capacity to be nice. And I, I remember hearing on an episode of Limited Resources, God, it must have been three years ago, LSV saying that being nice to other people is just positive EV. If you're nice to somebody, there's a chance they'll be nice back because you were nice first, and that's good. And if you're nice to them and they're mean to you, they probably were going to be anyway. So it's zero sum because it just it, it didn't cost you anything to be nice. Uh, so I, I'm a huge fan of just being excellent to each other. I think Bill and Ted had it right. Yeah, you're not wrong about that one. Um, I'm trying to think of some other. I know I've, I've told a lot of stories about like my daughter playing Magic on on the podcast or at least on the stream. But like you know we've had some we've had some good times and some good bonding over playing Magic. And I think that's like looking at magic as a whole in in our relationship has been it's been it's been overwhelmingly positive um you know she used to struggle with reading and magic cards have a lot of text on them and if you don't read them you don't know what they do and then there's also the component of understanding what they do and so we use that as a tool to kind of encourage you know reading new words and learning how context matters and learning how to put you know, a full paragraph together and understand what that means, right? Reading the rules text on the card, um, you know, looking at Enter the God Eternals, for example, and that's just a block of text right now with a bunch of things on it. But for somebody who, you know, might be learning how to read English, maybe they're they're new to the country or something like that, um, or somebody who struggles with putting uh, some critical thinking to some text, you know, magic is a really good opportunity to do that in a fun non-threatening environment i don't know man enter the god eternals is pretty threatening it is it's a low stakes environment though overall right and and i think that's been really good and and she's she's come a long way in that um you know just over the last couple of years and it's great and it also kind of helps her deal with getting out of her shell and playing at pre-releases and stuff and she was super nervous about going to a pre-release and the store was loud the first time and she wasn't sure she liked it but when she was done, she's like, man, this is awesome. I want to do this again. And we went to our first GP together and the crowd was like massive and we went and played and she had a blast and like everything is great. Um, you know, our, our our relationship in using magic. I mean, like the ga- the games that we play against each other, the games we play against other people, um, you can see kind of it helps young people develop their critical thinking skills, their communication skills, their interpersonal skills. 
Um, and obviously that's not by design, but it is a happy little accident when it comes to the game. And I think that's also part of the community that, that we've built as well. We, the general, we, the magic, we is that, you know, you got to learn how to, you got to learn how to play this game. And there's certain skills you need that, that can apply to school. Um, one of her teachers actually said that like, you know, games like this is, is obviously good for her, but like they, they knew he knew that what magic the gathering was like and he's like yeah of course like this makes sense like there's a little bit of math there's a lot of reading there's a lot of critical thinking like this will have nothing but positive benefits if she sticks to it so um so right there like that's a huge bonus for us um but then also going forward is like my youngest is four he's you know coming up on you know learning to read uh, he can pick out letters and numbers and stuff like that and and doesn't quite know how to spell yet but like he recognizes art on cards and, you know, I'll be playing magic on the computer and he'll be sitting with me or he'll come into the room and he'd be like, dad, play that human or dad, play that elf or dad, play that goblin. And it's like, oh man, you are so close to playing magic. I can't wait till you get in there. And, um, but like for him, he's going to grow up in a house where, you know, his sister and his dad play magic and he's going to want to get in there right away, which is only going to encourage him to learn how to read sooner because I keep telling him, it's like, when you learn how to read, then we can play magic together. And he goes and sits down with his bananagrams and starts trying to make words. And it's like, he's so close. And that's going to be a, a great day when I can put together my own GP team event team, the three of us. The old man, the young spunky kid, and then the even younger spunky kid. <laughs> I'll be in table, I'll be in seat A or B or whatever in the middle is, and then I'll, I'll help them out on either side. But I think that, that that's going to be a good day. I'm really looking forward to that. And I think parents, like... New parents, you know, parents of, of kids that are older, like it doesn't really matter. I think if you're looking for a game to play that gives your kids a reason to kind of expand their mind, like you can't really go wrong with magic, I would say. Agree. Agree. That's that's really heartwarming that that's done good things for her and that you have your Team GP plan, all planned out and ready to go. Oh, man, it is. And I, did I tell you about the first time she won a prize pack? You did not. So... <laughs> we're we're playing standard. We bought the standard challenger decks the first time they came out. She bought the green black uh counters deck, the snake deck, and I don't remember what I was playing. Uh I can't remember what else was in that. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. She, she was playing against uh a guy who's who it was a pretty good player and she hadn't played this deck a lot. We were just kind of going to have fun. It was a really small FNM standard event and he was playing mono red and he got completely boned by his deck. Like, I mean, like nothing was going right for him. And all she had to do was just keep playing her cards out of her hand, keep attacking. He couldn't do anything. And like, she completely rolled him and she wasn't even trying. And I'm like, man, I feel bad for you, bud. Like she's so new to the game. You probably should have won that match like nine times out of 10, but that's magic. Like I, I can't do anything about it. And I'm like, she's making misplays and I'm like watching over her and I'm like nervous. And I'm like, Oh man, like we talked about this. She, she shouldn't make that play. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, it doesn't matter. Like just forget it. Just let it go. She's going to win. She's going to lose. It doesn't matter. And she, she won the game. She won the match. She like, they shake hands and he's kind of upset at himself, but whatever. Like I understand that. And she kind of just packs up her stuff and she comes over and she's like, dad, I want a game of magic. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, and it wasn't against you. And I'm like, yeah, you did, kid. And like it was, it was like round three. She went two and or uh, one and two or whatever. Like uh, it was the last last one of the event. And when they announced her name to come get her prize pack, it was like the look on her face was like 
the eyes bug out and she's like super excited that she won this pack and it's like yes and and that was that was really good and then a few weeks later or a few months later she uh that was the the draft that we did one of the first drafts that she, that she did by herself and uh she ended up in the finals against me and that was also a proud papa moment that one's on twitter that is like my favorite magic moment right there is uh she she won two rounds obviously on her own she drafted her own deck it was like boros and dominaria i want to say and uh she ended up meeting me in the finals i crush her because i'm great at magic and uh, but uh but that was also a very a very proud papa moment there because she she came all that way and she worked really hard to to learn how to draft the set and we we did a lot of practice drafts and she sat down and she crushed some really good players and it's kind of like you know you got a long way to go kid but like you're you're well on your path if this is something that you want to do so that was pretty cool that is super cool that actually reminds me of one more that I would like to share. Um, so Kelsey and I were getting ready to go to GP Montreal, which was Eldritch Moon Sealed. And for those that don't know, Kelsey's not super into magic now, but when she is, she's really good at it. Um, she has played a lot of limited and like had, just has a, a, a mind for how this works. Uh, when I was doing an initial set reviews, uh, she actually came and did some set reviews with me and I think had some really great insights. But we were going to play in this and we'd both been playing Magic and we're prepped up and ready to go for it. And we couldn't play Sealed on Magic Online because it's back in the day before, uh, you know, previously when a set came out, you had to wait two weeks for it to get on Moto. So we're like, how are we going to play Sealed to prep for this? We can't get the cards. And we looked and there was actually a PTQ at the local game store we played at. We're like, well, this is awesome. Obviously, we'll just go there, play some Sealed. It's near Chipotle. We'll have some lunch. It'll be great. Um, so we both top aided it, sat down in the draft, drafted our decks, played through, met each other in the finals. And she said, you know, you're interested in going to the Pro Tour. I'm, I'm really not. You win. It's like, okay. Later we go home and, and, and I, like I needed to know. I'm like, we have to play these games out. We have to play these <laughs> games out. And she ruffle stomped me at the kitchen table. And like we both drafted blue white flyers. It was another moment where I'm like, this was just really cool. Like we were actually sitting opposite each other in the draft. So it made sense that we should both be drafting the same colors because that like it felt completely open to me. And then looking at her deck, it was obviously completely open to her. But it was just a really cool experience to get to go do that with my wife, to go practice for a GP and end up, you know, winning a PTQ. I converted that into a modern uh, PTQ finals on Moto um, and came in ninth. <laughs> so didn't quite oh, well. make the top out of that. This was a PPTQ. It was back in the days when they were doing those. I remember uh, that one. Yeah, that that one was tough, man. But we're talking about the good part today, and the qualification for it was actually a lot of fun. It was a a, a great day to spend with my wife, fun playing Magic, and then it it still tickled me that we went home and played the games out, and she just raffle stomped me. <laughs> I love that story. That is one of my favorite Kelsey stories by far. Man, we we got to make some new memories coming up. I agree. I agree. And there's plenty of new memories to be made. And I think there's plenty of positive stuff in you, dear listener, in your memory banks. Uh, so if if you're looking at Twitter or you're looking at Facebook or you're you're getting messages from some streamer while you're, you're watching them and it, it sounds negative or something like you don't have to stay focused on that. 
Like, are there things to improve in a lot of stuff? Sure. And like, we'll address those and we'll look at those and we'll call them out when they need to be called out. But in the midst of all that, remember the good stuff and the things that you like about the game and the good memories that you've had while, while playing it and, and make sure that those are like forefront in your mind as you're going forward. I, I think a big thing coming out of this is that how important it is for magic to be welcoming to new players and anybody that wants to play. So like a lot of these stories have involved, you know, playing with people we didn't know and then becoming friends. Yeah. Or introducing, you know, your kids to it, right? Everybody's got to start somewhere. And like I said, without new players, game can't survive forever. So, um, just, just kind of keep that in mind out there, right? Like at your LGS, go out and take somebody under your wing or, you know, get under somebody's wing be under somebody's wing or give a give a kid some of your draft chaff like there's all sorts of things you can do just to encourage um and i think with arena um you know i read somewhere today that like stores are actually seeing an uptick in people playing paper magic but people that were playing paper magic previously aren't necessarily playing arena which is i think is interesting so that like people are actively going out and seeking LGS is now that they've played Magic Arena, and I think that's really good. So I think continuing to encourage that is is going to do nothing but positive things for our game, at least on the the lower level, right? Competitive level, the MPL and stuff like that aside, obviously, like we're talking like LGS level here, um, and, and I think that's really cool. So um, I I can't wait. Like you know, we got another pre release coming up for M twenty. I can't wait to go there and play two at a giant with the kidlet. It's going to be tons of fun and couple of years maybe less uh i'm gonna have a new two at a giant partner at those things and it's gonna be gonna be fantastic one of these days you're gonna go and they're gonna play two-headed giant while you watch yes or i'll find a new partner to play with yeah maybe i'll maybe i'll take somebody at that lgs under my wing meet these guys in the finals (laughs) proudest papa moment beating both of your kids at once with with one hand tied behind my back, that is exactly what I'm going to do. There you go. You have now given me something here. So, um, <laughs> so so dear listener, if if you're if you have any of these positive stories you want to share and they can fit on Twitter, um, give us a tweet at Arena Athletes. Um, make sure it's the correct Arena Athletes. I think it's Arena underscore Athletes. Just make sure it's got the like bloody head logo thing that we've got. Um, and and share those with us and uh, i mean i'd love to read them travis will read them too we'll we'll tweet them out if they're if they're good and um tell us your your fun online stories your paper stories whatever you want um the ones that bring you kind of those good feelings uh and and think about those when you're when you're having a rough go at magic or when people are just being negative i look forward to reading those so that's again we're at arena underscore athletes i think i'll go back and maybe correct this next time but i'm pretty sure that's what it is and travis where can they find you telling stories about finding 20 dollars bills in parking lots yeah that's a that's a completely different story but if you'd like to hear that one um just stop by the stream it's twitch.tv slash simulin s-e-m-u-l-i-n i'm on twitter under the same just at simulin and i'm at uh, twitch.tv slash d civilian that's d-s-a-v-i-l-l-i-a-n and i'm also on twitter at the same uh, you can catch us on Patreon if you are interested in supporting the podcast monetarily or otherwise, I guess. We are at patreon.com slash, I think we're still men for moto, but we should be arena athletes shortly. Yes. And once again, thanks to Face to Face Games for the support and the host. We'll catch you next time. Adios.